Are you the kind of woman who isn't interested in living the status quo life, who wants to hear from other women that are paving their own way while making waves? Well then, She Makes Waves is for you. I'm your host, Lindsay Mayuga. Join me as I follow my curiosity around what living a successful life really means. Let's dive in. Okay, you guys are in for such a treat today. Today we have Linda Deason. Did I say that right? You did. Oh God, I was worried. I was like, I meant to get that before. <laughs> oh geez. Okay, so Linda is on the show today. Linda is the owner of West Coast Hair Design in Jacksonville, Florida. She's coming to us today with over 46 years of being a licensed cosmetologist. It is an honor to get to talk to Linda today. I have so many questions. She has so much wisdom to share. I was fortunate enough to get to meet her at Ember this last year, but I knew of Linda before I knew Linda. So Linda, just thank you so much for reluctantly agreeing to this. <laughs> reluctantly is right, right? For six months. No, no, no. <laughs> really, I'm excited to talk to you. You make it easy. Well, I just, I felt so like called to have you on because you know, the industry, you know, I was a hair sauce when I was 19. If you've been doing, if you've been caught like licensed since 40 for 46 years, you've been doing this a long time and it's changed. But I feel like the heart of being a hairstylist is still the same reasons why you got into it. I bet you are the reasons I got into it. They are. I, I love people. Oh, that, that literally is it. I love people. I love knowing people, knowing who they are, like knowing their whole story. And I love that we get to go through life with people. I love yeah. doing hair, don't get me wrong. I love, I, I love the art of hair, but I love people, the people you work with and the people that sit in your chair. Yeah, I wanted to ask you that because when I went to hair school, I was so excited about the art of hair. And then I feel like I started to build relationships in school. And like, I remember having a client that gave me like hand soap when I left school. And I was like, wow, like we really built something. So I wanted, I was curious to know how much of it you feel like is the people and how much of it is actually hair. If hair is just like the thing that brings them in, but it's not why anyone's there. No, I, I agree with that totally. I, um, I think over the course of my career, it's been interesting to see some of the least talented people build the biggest client bases and it's simply because not because they fake it but because they actually really love the people and they love the relationships i mean yeah. i've had my salon here 29 years and i have like three generations of people coming in and when i'm not doing their hair i just want to go in there and be when they're there when someone else is doing it because i want to know their story what is happening um i, I think that is really I don't know what other business does that, you know, the doctor, the dentist, you're there out of agony. Um, you know, you're looking forward to come into the salon. Right. And I feel like a thing I've noticed lately is I'm like, you can't fake the history that you have with people. No. Like when, like when people come in and it's like, I'm or like, I got to meet someone's husband recently and I was like, oh my God, I love Dory. And he looked at me and he knew like, like we've been in, I've watched your kids grow up and he's like, thank you for everything you do. And it makes me like choked up. Yes. I have recently got to meet one of my um, clients, husbands, and I had done her hair for 25 years and I knew everything about him 
I mean, I knew his jobs, his travel, his challenges, but I actually, he, he came in and I got to meet him and it was like, we instantly knew each other. Yeah. I do. I love that. Oh, that's mm -hmm. that same vibe. Like I was like, yeah. I had a conversation that like had so much depth beneath the simple words that were said. Mm -hmm. And you can't fake that. You can't, this isn't the kind of business you can be in where you don't like people and you know, you can't get away, wait to get away from them. You, you have to actually really like people if you're going to make it. And do you feel like that's something anyone talks about very much? No, I think they talk about that you have to build the relationship, you have to make the connection, but you can't do any of that if it's not real. I mean, I that doesn't last for long. Yes, yeah, it is. Yes. Yeah. In a very mm -hmm. transactional way when it's like, no, like there, it's so much, it feels almost opportunistic. No, I agree. And I think sometimes we, and I've done that, I, I have a new stylist coming in and you talk about building a relationship, about questions you can ask, but are you genuinely curious? Like, I think of the wealth of knowledge that I have now, and I owe it all to those years behind the chair, because I want to talk to them. I want to ask questions. I want to learn. Think of the things you've learned, Lindsay. I mean, haven't you learned the most amazing things from your clients? Insanely. I mean, like restaurant like I'm, this is a dumb example but I just I went to the coolest restaurant in the Grand Cayman because my client was like you should go here at least one night but even um like I even once got picked for didn't get picked for a jury but I wanted to know what happened and I had a client that was a doctor at the hospital that the malpractice case I didn't get chosen for was at and I was able to find out who won the case all because I'm a hairstylist yes Nancy Drew. I, we we have the we have the connections to everything in life as a um, as a hairdresser. We really do, if have it's genuine. That, yeah. Have you seen that quote? I saw it one time, and I've never seen it again. It's like the most. I don't know. I'm not. I'm gonna butcher it, but it was kind of like the most feared people, or not feared, but something like wise people are hairstyles because what other gener what other profession cross sections with every type of person and demographic like a hairstylist and it was like worded really well but I was like yeah like that's that's like a that's kind of like a power move like you have all of the you you have like a, so many things to draw on you do yeah and they're there's they're all the same once they're in your chair that's what's interesting whether they're the doctor, whether they're wealthy, whether they're they're not. I mean, they're just people sharing their life with you. And after yeah. just a couple of visits, you can talk about anything. Totally. And like, mm -hmm. so you said you've had your salon in Jacksonville for 28 years? 29 years. This 29 year. years. Mm -hmm. So I know that, you know, I actually did a little recon with Teddy. I'm like, Teddy, what do I need to make sure I talk to Linda about? And I love Teddy. And she was like, well, her salon, like, I think like seven or eight years ago, she changed the, the, the model. And I, I love something you said to me at Ember when I was saying like, oh, I have a little kid and like, you know, it's like, I can only be in the salon this much. And you said like, Lindsay, there are seasons. And I, I've heard people say it, but not people with the experience level that you've had. So I'd love to know how you've evolved your business and how you've honored the different like seasons of your life. Yeah. Um, I, I, first off, I do believe there are seasons in your life. I mean, you know, you're, you're young, you're just out having a good time. You're getting married. You have young kids, you have no time. Um, 
I think hair is the only career that can travel with you through all those seasons. Your kids, you know, now my kids are grown and I have grandchildren. Um, and so you can, with hair, you could work a lot as much as you want. Then you can back off while your kids are young and they need you. Then you can jump back in. Uh, you know, whatever you want to do, it takes you through all those seasons. But when I opened my salon here, it was really interesting because I came from San Diego. So at that time, 30 years ago, booth rental was barely just beginning. Like nobody heard of it. And so I came here and I really wasn't going to do hair. Um, and then when I, yeah, I thought, well, I'll just, you know, I sold it. I'm done. I don't need to work. And let's see what this is like. What will I do? which it didn't last very long because I found myself in a gym doing people's hair that I didn't know <laughs> in the locker room, straddling, straddling the bench. <laughs> it was, yeah, they would walk in, they'd be like, what's going on? Um, like, you know, but, we have a, like, we have management, we have a member who's in <laughs> their business pro bono in the locker room. Yes. Yes. And um, so when I opened the salon here, I thought, well, I'll just open a small little booth rental salon. It'll be easy. Um, and so that's what I did. I had um, gone to work part time somewhere, found some place. They didn't really understand that. Met a couple girls. And so I was booth rental for probably 20 years, maybe 18. I couldn't tell you the exact. And then I, I transitioned by hiring an assistant. And they go on the floor doing hair. So they obviously were commissioned and then another one and then another one. And then as time went on, I just felt like I had a lot of time and I wanted a different environment. And so when everybody was going rental here and moving into suites, I went to commission and I now, you know, a fully a hundred percent commission salon. Um, I, I like all the models. They just give you different things. I love that. I've never heard mm -hmm. someone say it like that, but I mm -hmm. love that. Yes. I, I just think that you can't, you know, like I love right now getting to, um, like I have, I have somebody that works for me named Anna and she came to me at 18 straight, like in beauty school. And she worked part-time through school and she's there doing hair now. And I've got to watch her get married. I've got to watch her have babies. I've got to watch her build an amazing clientele. She went from her 40 hour week to working two days a week, making more money than she ever dreamed possible. And I love that I get to be a part of that journey. I mean, I can't do that anymore. I mean, it's no secret, I'll say it, I'm almost 71. So yes, I do stand up and still do hair. And had I not broke my back a couple of years ago, I would do more hair. Mm -hmm. But so the season of my life now is that I get to help other people along the way and get there faster than I did. Yeah. I was going to ask you like how much of it like is like the seeing other people's lives get better. Like your life had been great. Like it, like yes. you, you built this career and like it was going well. And I relate to that feeling of being like, this is awesome for me. But I mm -hmm. love that like it became more about you got that, that you got that well-oiled machine, but then it's like now you get to be a part of other people's lives getting bigger. Yeah. And stop and think, isn't that kind of what's happening with you and your daughter? 
I mean, it really is what we do with our children. We want a better life for them. We want to take the lessons that we've learned. We want to teach them how to go forward and have more of what we wish we had. And so when you have a commission salon, and and it's not that you can't do that with a rental salon. You can. It just becomes a little more challenging to control that environment. Yeah, because it's a different, it's a different thing completely, totally. It's a different dynamic. But I love that you can go back and forth. It's it was wonderful rental, was wonderful hybrid. And right now it's like the most amazing sweet spot to be in. I mean, it's just great. Yeah, well, and it I it struck me when you said I had one assistant, I trained her, she got on the floor. Like one thing I feel like you know, like within this social media world we're in, it's like things seem like they happen so fast. And I feel like it's cool to see that like, you know, real things take time and you really train one person and you really like, and so like, is that how you've created the culture that you have? It's like you, you pour into one person and then that person starts to launch and then you pour in, is is that your dynamic? That is really what I was doing up until um, I had that accident and hurt my back that took me out of being able to do hair full time. So that's kind of been an interesting challenge um, and something completely different because now I have to lean on other people to train. Before you had an injury, which do you want to share a little bit about your injury or would you prefer not? I don't mind. I um, was attacked by a neighbor's dog and it... um, fractured several vertebrae and put me flat on my back for months on end with surgery and lots of, um, lots of rehab and never, um, never really knowing at what point I would recover from it. It was, you, you think you can prepare for everything in life, but isn't that something we've learned with COVID, with accidents, with all the things we think are going to happen to somebody else, but not happen to us. Um, but it did, it took me out from behind the chair and I think it's like so many things. I don't wish it had happened to me, but I don't know that I could have ever given up any of those clients that I gave up and they now sit in other people's chairs in my salon. And I now just simply a different season. I, I do a few clients and now I get to go in and I still am able to visit and connect with them while they're there. Yeah. And like, Do you feel like that's part of like what's informed your like feeling towards, you know, I've talked, you and I talked before about this idea of like, oh, how sad that that person in their sixties or that person that's older still doing hair. Like how much of that is your injury mixed with your passion for hair? Like, where does that come from? Because I know you and I've talked a couple of times about just the stigma around someone choosing to stay in this profession. It's like, we all got into it because we loved it. But then where, at what point does it become like, oh, everyone who, how sad for that person? I know. I think that's, I think that's a terrible thing. And the people who feel like that the most are funny because they're the ones that are young that are wanting to know how come they don't have that respect. How come they don't, how come they aren't treated that same way? But, you know, first off, everybody that's in their twenties or thirties is going to be in their seventies. Hopefully that's a gift if you make it that far. And if it's something that you love, why do you have to stop doing it? I, 
I, I never hear somebody say that person should stop gardening because they're they're 60. I feel so bad that they're out there gardening. That person should stop playing golf. Why are they still taking golf lessons when they're 70? Why do they want to be traveling to golf when they're 80? But if you love the art of hair and you love the people and you're going to work every day simply because you choose to, not because you have to, it's not not to go make money. It's not a financial burden. It's because that's what you want to do and how you want to spend your day. They need to lose that stigmatism. It, it needs it needs to go away. It needs to be that if you're doing what you love, you should do it as long as you want to. And you, you, you do. I mean, our work is physical, but people need to just pay more attention. You know, when I went to school, they taught me that my chair popped up and down. That's the hardest thing for me to teach a new stylist. Stop bending your body in all these crazy ways. Use your chair. It has a pump. Yeah. No, and it's funny because as you were talking, I was thinking about how everyone that gets into this profession gets into it and kind of throws other people's like words out the window because a lot of times, at least when I was getting into hair, it was like, you don't want to do that. You don't want to do that. It's like, no, it is what I want to do. But at what point do we start listening to like the dated um thought process of of what retirement is because you don't get into hair thinking oh I've got to follow what everyone's doing but then it's like at what point because you know so many people get into careers and go I'm gonna work my 30 years and then I'm gonna like I'm gonna go get I'm gonna retire and do what I want and it's like hairstyles don't get into it with that attitude so is it just like society and following that idea of like that dated thinking because the idea that you're going to like enjoy your life when is like kind of what you're even talking about. Like, shouldn't you be older and enjoying your life? And it's like, I am. <laughs> or shouldn't you just have a life you don't need to retire from? Shouldn't you build exactly. a life you don't want a vacation from? I mean, it, it doesn't, you have to find a work that lights you up that you love I just don't think you need to just be grinding away at something to make the money till you can get away from it. Yeah. And I think I did and do that so for a while, I, I, but I don't, I didn't, I don't think I knew I was doing it. I think I loved it. So I did it, but then I did it to such a capacity that I didn't really have much other than it. And now I feel like I've kind of like finding a way to do both. But doing it that way got you where you are. Lindsay. Totally. Totally. Yes. So it really wasn't a mistake. No. I think that it's okay to not have this perfect balance that people try to tell you is out there. There is no such thing. That balance is just being happy with your day-to-day -day life and that some days are going to be busy and some days are going to be rushed and some days are going to go smoothly, but it's your days. You need to live them and love them. Right. And I think if I look back, it's like, I wouldn't have changed like how I was spending my time because like those relationships I get to enjoy today while having a bigger life outside of it. I think a lot of that time made it possible. Right. Yes. That's what I'm trying to say. People, I get these people that come in and say, I want to be an assistant for six weeks and then I want to, and then I'm going to do hair and then I'm going to go to two days a week. And I'm like, I'm sorry. It just doesn't, I know that social media makes you think that that happens but it doesn't. I, you need all the different parts and pieces to get where you want to go. And wherever you think you want to go now, I promise you, it will change. 
like where you are and what you're doing right now. In 10 years, you're going to be like, oh, I found a better way. This is what I want. But it's only better because of where you are. It's not that it would have been better for you now. Right, right. So you were saying to me before the episode, like you almost wished you could go back to being 20 and do it again. Can you unpack that for me? Because I feel like there's a lot of wisdom in that for people that are not where you are today to be able to like just extract from your thought process. Well, I think that number one, um, being a hairdresser now gives you a different kind of respect and it gives you a different kind of income opportunity. It's not it just did. for yeah. than it did than it did, you know, 50 years ago. Okay. And I think that a person could come into it. I would, you know, I would come into it. I would spend, you know, my first couple of years really learning my trade, the, you know, getting my foundation in. And then I would understand that it could take me anywhere. I would just, I guess I would just like to keep doing it over and over. I mean, I was driving last week and I saw this piece of real estate and I looked at it and I'm like, oh my God, I got to get that number. That'd be the perfect place to buy and build a salon. You know, mm-hmm. in my head, instantly I saw the traffic pattern. I knew the demographics and I had to remind myself, you know, no, not for you, but who do you know you can call that this would be a great place for them to buy and make a salon there? So I think it's just all the opportunities that I see yes. that I still want to be a part of. Right. That, that weren't maybe there for you when you were 20. So if you went back they with weren't. the passion you have. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Okay, so that's what you would tell like a 20 year old. But what about like, I don't mean to make this about me, but like a 36 year old, 37 year old who's been doing hair for like 17 years since they were 19. What would you tell them about like the 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 runway they have left for their career and what's possible? I mean, you're, you're not even just midway in it. There's so many things you can do. I mean, you may find that you want to step out of, you know, your salon for a bit, but I think because of the passion you have, you're going to want to be back in it. You may want it to be a little bit bigger, but I don't think you're ever going to want to give up those relationships with those clients. I just think that you should experiment and try all the different things but always just stay true to who you are and what you love. It's it's very easy to get distracted and think that we have to have more that like what you have right now is not enough, mm-hmm. but it is. I mean, I get, I, I had somebody two days ago tell me, well, you do a franchise. And I just said, no, I wouldn't do a franchise because my only motivation would be money. And I don't want to make any more money. I don't, I don't want to do that. If I want to go and if somebody wants to open a salon, I'll go help them. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't need more. And I, I got caught up in that. I did. I, you know, I think when COVID came and we were off and I was online and, you know, I think my biggest fear is I don't want to be that quarterback who plays one season too long. And so, you know, I'm always asking the girls I'm with, let me know, I get there. And so I'm always like trying to learn and take classes. And so I saw how people were like double shifting and putting two people in a station. And we happen to have the demand. I could fill however many stylists I could put on the floor. I could give them an instant book. We have that much of a demand of new clients. And I tried that for a while because I started to feel like there should be more. And it did make money, 
but it, it was not enjoyable. So I think what I say to you is that you want to enjoy what you're doing and what you're doing is enough. Right. No. And like, for instance, like, you know, we were chatting, I saw like a Instagram video about just someone who was doing what they did for the love of it. And they ended up making more and more money. And you, you, you had written me back saying like, God, I'm thanks for thinking of me, but that's true. Like I, I care less and less about the money and I make more and more. Can you speak to like what you just said in that being like part of your magic formula? Um, well, I mean, obviously I still want to, to operate my salon and not operate at a loss, but yes. my, my drive isn't necessarily about the money. I think it's more about, I think when you think about what you want to do, like I think more, let's create a guest experience that makes them go, wow. Not because we're going to make more money, but because we're here to make them feel better. We want, we want that interaction for them and for us. Mm -hmm. And you know what, really, it's so simple what it goes down to now that I think about it, it really goes back to that old golden rule, you know, treat other people like you want to be treated. And when you focus on doing that, the money comes. Yeah, it, it really does. But when every day you go in, and I'm not saying you don't set goals, because you do. Yes, but but the the driving force has to be to provide more. Yeah. No, just like the being of service, like service to your clients, service to your employees. Mm -hmm. And then like, they see that they feel that that's where like, I don't think you ever have to worry about playing one too many seasons. Cause I feel (laughs) like I I really don't. I feel like people, like, I think the people that are there, see your, see that your heart for it. And I don't know that you can now you can, it's not like, yes, maybe you, yeah. If you're like in a Vespa or whatever, one of those like things you ride around in the salon on (laughs) and you're trying to do hair, it might be time for someone to say, Linda, it might be time to fall back. But as far as your heart, your heart doesn't age. You know what I mean? It only gets more beautiful. And that's like, I feel like that's what you're bringing to your business now. Not that you always did it, but it's like, it's supercharged because you have all the lessons and all the wisdom. Yes. And I agree with you. I love to go on and look at our reviews and see, you know, nothing makes me happier than it's not that, I mean, yes, I, they say I've got the best hair of my life. I love this. Mm -hmm. I love that. But what I love is when they say how they felt when they walked in the door, you know, they felt welcome. They felt like part of a family. They felt like they're everybody's client. Like when they walked in, everybody is going to talk to them. Everybody knows them. It's not unusual to see a couple stylists standing at somebody's station talking to the same client. So I I do. I love that. Yeah. When you said it a little bit like the golden rule, but like, has there been like, like from all the experiences of all the clients of all the life experiences that you've like, you know, like walked through with people, have there been like a couple of great, like greatest lessons in life? that you can like, that you go back to a lot? That's a hard one. I think for, um, I think something that I learned for your staff, the people that work for you, is that early, early on in my career, I had really hard lines. Um, Don't take Thanksgiving off. You know, you have to work that Friday. Um, I I had really hard lines. And um, I think that, those lines got you nowhere except dug you into a hole. Mm. So 
I've learned to, to look at things more independently. In other words, everybody, everybody is different. There's, there's that person that always gets to work early, that, always, that I'm always having to say, you're working too much, please, I'm going to close your books off. That person can take off when they want. There doesn't need yes. to be a hard rule for that. Um, That's honestly why I started my own salon is I worked somewhere where I was that person. And when I wanted an extra day off for my wedding, cause I wasn't really taking time off, I took it off. And then at Thanksgiving, I asked to work extra because I'm that person. And the salon owner said, Oh, do you want to make that day up from your wedding? And it felt yeah. bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you have to, you know, there is that person that doesn't show up for work that always comes late that you're going to have a struggle with. But then, you know, I think just not to have that hard line and realize mm -hmm. everybody is an individual. I think that that I just think that's really I think that's really important. Yeah. And then how about like, is there anything from like your clientele that you've like you said earlier, like that everyone kind of is the same. I feel like that's kind of like a great lesson, but is there anything else that like jumps out at you? What you're here right now is about boundaries and your clients don't care about you and you care <laughs> about them too much. I mean, that's all the buzz. That's all you hear. <laughs> right. But my experience has been that my clients really do care about me. And they really do care about my salon and that they, they care more deeply, that they're deeper relationships than you think that they are. I mean, I'm sure you had that experience when we were closed down. I had people saying, let me send money to the stylist. Um, I'll drive over and pick something up out front. Or, you know, when I was hurt, it was like, can I bring you food? Um and I think that when when people are nasty and mean, it's knowing that it's not got to do with you, that there's something wrong inside of them. And it's like even like the not taking things personally, even even when you have a negative experience with an employee, like you're saying, like I don't need to draw a hard line with everyone because one person shows up this way. Like, I feel like, I don't know, maybe it's just that the world feels so polarizing right now that like you have one bad experience and you're like, people suck or, you know, like your clients yes, don't care. They As do. opposed to saying yeah. like, oh my gosh, like all my clients are amazing. I've had to get rid of 10 in 17 years. That's a pretty, it's a pretty low number. I know it really, it really is. It is really just how you look at it. Yeah, no, totally. And so like, is there anything looking back like, and I, like you and I, I feel like with like the, like the messages we send and stuff, like you're like, you couldn't have changed any of it. Do you feel that way about your journey? Like nothing has happened a day before it was meant to, or do you feel like if there's moments that you wish you could change? I feel like I know the answer to this, but I want to hear you, your thoughts. I, I don't really think there's a lot that I would go back and change. Um, you know, probably when it came to business, I, I dabbled in buying my own space. I mean, I've had, I, I rent mm -hmm. and I've had a lease for 29 years. And um, it kind of goes back to that. You kind of always get a nudge for what you should do. But I had the same landlord for 25 years and they were wonderful. And a couple months before I started to get the urge to buy a building and I didn't. And then they sold my shopping center. 
And the experience wasn't as wonderful as it had been for those 25 years. So I, I probably would have wished that I would have bought bought the building. Yeah, you know, that that would be something that I might have done. But on other on another hand, I have other real estate. You know what I mean? Right, so right, it right. Kind of, it happened. It, it, ba- it balanced out. So truth be told, the answer is no. Right. I um. I, I sometimes think that uh, hiring, you know, I think the most important thing a salon owner does is, is who you hire. And I, I did make some hiring mistakes in times where I felt desperate and, you know, I just needed help. And I hired people that I knew there's nothing wrong with them. I just knew that they wouldn't work with me and I hired them anyways, and it created conflict and problems to resolve. So in, in one way, I would like to say I would go back and not do that. But in another way, I would say no, because it really helped me to learn about me and learn about yes. them. And I actually feel like it helped it helped them as well. Well, yeah. And it helped build your culture because you knew that wasn't going to be a part of it. It's like every little thing, right. like in hindsight, right. yeah, you know what you know now, but like, had you bought the building you're in, who knows that you wouldn't have had a tenant that bugs the shit out of you every day. Right. Right. And that is, that is the other thing. It's so easy to, you know, to be like hindsight or to be a couch quarterback. Um, We don't know what, what would happen with any little thing we change. So I have had a good life and I see people so much complaining about, the life of a hairdresser, but it has provided for me and my children a wonderful life. It's provided mm-hmm. money. It's provided experience. It's provided deep, deep friendships. I mean, I wouldn't know you. I know. I think, think about it. I wouldn't know Teddy. Um, I love, I mean, think about this. I met Teddy from an online thing I did with Jamie where, you know, me, I was struggling with I mean, that's how I first heard your name is Jamie was like, I got this gal, Linda. And I was like, who's Linda? And then I connected the dots. I think like at Ember, she's like, oh, you know, and then Linda right there. I'm like, you're Linda? You're the Linda from Oh Hot Graham that had all the trouble, but then yes. tuned it. I got to tell you, you know, that still to this day is the hardest class I ever took. And the best class I ever took because, you know, social media and technology were difficult for me. I mean, I am fine on the computer with something that is not social media. Um, you know what I mean? I can do contracts. I can do whatever. But that class took everything in me to go in. I mean, think about it. I come in as a at the time I took her class, well, I don't know, maybe it was seven or eight years ago. So I'm 62. And what, how old is Jamie? 25. And I'm yeah, having to yeah. call her every day to teach me how to do it. I mean, I can only imagine, you know what I mean? I'm like, I don't understand. What do you mean? Download the app. What, what is Instagram? You're going to have to start me from the beginning, but You're like, because Jamie, that, start over, start over. What is Instagram? <laughs> because of that, we have all these things. And I just think we, we forget what a wonderful life it can give us if we just jump on the opportunities. I love that. And I, w- I was just actually going to say, like, jump back to what you were kind of saying before, but you teed it up perfectly. It's like, what do you say to the person that feels like being hairstyles isn't enough, but it's what they love? 
because don't you feel like that's kind of the, what you're saying is like, there's this idea that like be a hairstylist until you can be an educator, be a hairstylist until you can kill, you can do this other thing. And I, I feel like it's such a disservice to such like to a beautiful industry. And that's what you were just saying, but what would you say to that person? I, I would say just that being a hairstylist is enough and coming to work and doing your clients and being able to leave and go home and focus on your family or whatever it is you want. It is enough. I mean, what other profession do they have that yet? You know, I mean, have you ever gone to your doctor and she said, Oh, I just don't feel like it's enough that I'm a doctor here curing my <laughs> patients. I mean, <laughs> Yes. I've never, my doctors never said that to me. But do you know what and I'm so, talking about? That pressure that, 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 that yes. I don't think I'm imagining. No. And I, I mean, I've experienced that. I have a stylist that has works with me now that has an amazingly strong clientele and makes more money than she could ever imagine and has time. And she went through a period where she was like, I think I need, I want to be an educator. I think I want to train. And I was like, okay, well, let's, let's unpack that. You know, do you want to be gone on weekends? Do you want to not sleep in your own bed? Do you want to fly every day? Let's try a little bit of what that takes and see. And then you can kind of try it and come back and go, this is enough. This is okay. Yeah, no. And I, I think for me, if I'm being totally honest, like I love having my podcast, but as I try different things, like the nucleus and the thing that is like, the, the real business, it's the hair. Right. Right. The hair, the people, the relationships, the, the relationships salon. Yes. And like, yes. yeah, all of it. Yeah. And I, and that, and I agree with that a hundred percent. I think that that is what I constantly go back to. Yeah. And it, it's like you said, it's so fun to try things. It's so fun to like do the different parts. And I feel like maybe more people need to give themselves permission to play with other things. Because right. I think that it would allow, because I don't know how many educator trainings I did early in my career when I realized what they were going to pay me for a day to fly for a day trip. And then I looked at my behind the chair business or when I went and I was going to assist at Vidal Sassoon. And then I went and looked at my actual hair business. I mean, I think the contrast gives you such a, like, such, oh my God. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And then you see the value in what you you see the value in what you have, but it's okay to go try it. I, I, I don't know where this thing came from, no matter, and I don't think it's even just doing hair. Think about it. It's the person that has to have 50 pairs of shoes, or they always have to have the new house, or it's that idea that there's always something else that's going to be better. And we just have to get back to learning that what we have can be good enough. Well, yeah. And even like talking to you about your, your plant garden, like your wall, you know, hydroponic, whatever. Oh, my, my tower, my tower garden. Tower. Yes. You know, I didn't realize this, but when I went to do a little recon for our episode, I was like, well, look at Linda here with her link tree. And she's got a link to her, to her garden. <laughs> and I thought like, I feel like it's exactly like, I remember when I was talking to you in person, you're like, I love this plant thing. Like to me, the energy behind it was, is like, I'm so blessed. I have so much. I didn't like, again, like if you want to mm-hmm. buy a plant tree, uh, tower from Linda, I don't know if she gets a commission. It's not clear to me, but she loves them. <laughs> and I feel like it speaks to like, it's enough. Like that's maybe enough mm-hmm. of a garden, like maybe, a yes. garden, but you know, just the enough. No, it is. I love my tower garden. It's like, 
clean, healthy food. And I can walk outside every day and pick my own salad and come in and make it. And 500 hands haven't touched it. So as much as I, I love hair, I love, you know, I love health. I love nutrition. I love, and guess where I learned about all of that from a client. Exactly. If I wasn't a hairdresser, I wouldn't have that client. And I was talking to a friend the other day and I realized that she just didn't have the scope of information that I had because <laughs> she was limited in the people that she speaks to. And we are not limited and we, are, we can learn whatever we want. And I would rather learn it from a real life person because when you get back to it, the idea of it being enough, what we see online is not real. I I saw so many people with these beautiful salons and these wonderful Instagram accounts and it all looked great. And then I would meet them and they were filing for bankruptcy or they had had a salon walkout or they were just desperately wanted to sell their salon or it, it wasn't real. Right. And so we're, we're starting to feel like we have to do more because what we have isn't enough because we're basing it on something that's not real. And we just need to think of, am I happy? Do I like what I'm doing? Do I like the people that I talk to? I can tell you that I love my days in the salon and I love the people that I work with and I love the clients that walk through my door. Yeah. Well, I love what you said. Cause that's one thing from another episode. I had some on my podcast, Marissa Benders, and she said she had a mentor or an old salon boss or something that said to her, like, don't try and get so far down the road. Like, do you enjoy your days, what you're doing and then make your yes. decisions based on yes. how you want to spend your time and what you're doing and how you, how your actual life is and feels. And I don't know, like, even when you're just describing like social media, like it's like, we are admiring people that have Instagram pages, not businesses. Right. That, that's, that's it. You said it perfectly. Yes. And I, I remember thinking when I had like marriage trouble, I was like, you know what? Will Smith and Jada, they seem like they've figured it out only to find out the two of them have been <laughs> living separately for seven years. I'm like, you know, you really, you really threw dangled a carrot for us in the danger zone and to only to find out they're not, and again, that's their choice. But like, you don't go around the red table and tell us how marriages work when you don't even have one. I know. I, I agree. But that's why we have to just step back and just look at, because only we know what is inside of our life, our heart, our days, our minds, have the ability, how you start your day, how you eat, how you, you look at other people, the time and effort you're going to put into your relationship. Yeah. I think what you said is very valuable because it comes back to like taking the time to know how you feel, because I feel like so many of us, like at least myself, I looked outside of myself for a long time. Like I remember wanting to be a successful hairstylist. So I was like, who's successful? What's the path? How do we do it? Instead of being like, okay, that's the framework they're going on. But how does it feel for me? I think I like, I think I was always externally validating my choices. And the, the game changer is exactly what you're saying. Like they don't have the answers you do. And what is successful for you? Right. And that's different. I mean, when I was 20, I needed to feed my children. I was a single parent. So success meant that I made enough money to put food on the table, but still got to go to their dance recital or baseball game. And then, 
you know, success meant that I needed to buy a house. So yes, that required yeah. me working more. Um, you know, what, what does success mean to you right now at this point in your life? I love that. No changes. So, well, so it kind of made me think of this Jane Fonda thought, and I want to know, this is my last question for you of like, Jane Fonda said she looks at her life in the three acts. She's got act one, she's got act two, and act three makes sense of act one and two. Is that something that when you hear that, does that resonate with you? And if so, what have the acts been? And what act, what, what is the third act making sense of? Maybe I'm not at the third act yet because I don't feel Ooh. like that. <laughs> I still, I don't feel like I'm there yet, Lindsay. I wish I okay, had so, so, so like was act one, little kids, single mom. Yes. Yes. I would two. say that for me, act one would be, I guess, little kids, single mom, building up some financial stability. You know, I came from poverty and I, I never wanted my children to experience that. So, you know, that, that would have probably been act one. I feel like I'm still kind of rolling in act two, which that is- makes sense. That, yeah, I still, I get to get up and choose what I want to do every day. I, I created the financial stability that I wanted. I can work or not work. I can travel or not travel. I can, you know, so I don't know what act three will be. Well, and I'm, I'm curious now that, it. right. It's like act three might be something totally different, or you could literally have loved act two that you refine act two and just have an extension of Keep that. doing it all over again. Maybe act three is me on a podcast with you. Cause I said, yes. <laughs> You did. I, and I'm so grateful because I know, like, I love talking to you and you said, I don't really like being out there. So the way I see it is like other people are going to get to benefit from this and it'll only have taken this amount of your time and you don't have to be front and center, but I just, I, I'm, I so value your friendship and all the wisdom you have. And I'm just so grateful that you said yes. Um, where can people find you? Instagram, West Coast Hair Design. That would, that would really be it. Yeah, no. And like, I don't have, have anything ever... to sell. I'm the, I'm the only person out there doing hair all this time with nothing to sell to anybody, but happy to share and answer any questions anybody wants. Well, and I feel like that is like in itself, such a cool last nugget of wisdom. Like you don't have to do what everyone else is doing. And like you're you have a real business. I do. I have I a do. real business that's thriving and I, I'm sorry. I love it. I do. I, I have a real business that's thriving and I love the people in it and I love the clients that are supporting it. Oh, Linda, thank you for your time. Thank you. I love you.